0: Are you trying to stay up to date on crypto events? Well, you're in luck because we have another Cryptocurrent for you right here, right now on The Cryptocracy. Welcome back, Cryptocrats. We are bringing you this week's edition of Cryptocurrents, where we talk all things Bitcoin and all things cryptocurrencies and all things blockchain. And joining me here today, as always, is our Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency self-declared expert, CryptoCory.
1: Hey, how are you doing this this fine evening? I'm doing fantastic. I love that self self proclaimed or what self declared expert? Yeah, well that's, that's
0: about true. That's the only credentials I have. It, I mean, I declare you, so I guess it's. I what would that even be? to declared? You you second my my declaration Pure Declared. <laughs> I second your declaration. Yes. So I don't even know what it like takes to be. An expert? expert, like what, who even, I, I how think, do you even get labeled as mean, an expert? We
1: fool eight people each week into listening to this podcast. So someone, someone's think they're either highly entertained and laughing or uh, they think they're getting something uh, out of this podcast. So, at least or eight, both. Uh, yeah. So at least that's eight. the goal is both. Yeah. I, I think I'm an expert to eight people.
0: Nine, if you include me. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll take it. All right. Well, we got some interesting stories for our eight
1: listeners today. And if they tune into the last Cryptocurrent, this is part two.
0: This is part two. Yep. We record these back to back because that's why we do it. we're lazy. I, we only want to do it once a week. No, efficient. We. Efficient, I think, is a, a better word for that. Um, is, l- lazy and efficient. efficient. Yeah.
1: Anyways. May, may, maybe our executive producer can cut that part out. Uh Maybe he won't maybe We say won't. that every week and he never does. He leaves all the junk in.
0: That's part of what, what makes we'll, this entertaining. What
1: do we even pay him for?
0: I, I don't know. I don't,
1: actually we don't we don't we don't we, pay him. We don't pay him.
0: Um all our budget went to our new our new, our office. new office or our new studio. <laughs> our new studio. <laughs> all $0 of it. Um all right, well let's let's jump into some interesting stories we've got. Um so this, so I thought this was really interesting. So despite the like bitcoin being low of course the hash rate has continued to climb higher and i believe did it break an all-time high
1: yeah um that's I, pretty big news i feel yeah. like um so well you might ask why is this significant to me it's an indication that the investment is still uh, pouring uh, in- into the bitcoin platform um I, you're going to continue to see investment pour into the crypto space, into the blockchain space. But in particular, um, the biggest, uh, safest bet, the place where everybody, uh, wants to be is, is in the Bitcoin space. And so if you're going to invest in mining, um, and you know, I, I think the big investments are the ones that are going into, into, into Bitcoin. And so you, you don't want to arrive, um, uh, As a Bitcoin investor, when Bitcoin's at a hundred thousand, you know, five hundred thousand, or a million dollars, you want to arrive when when the market's depressed, like it is now. Uh, Ideally, you would have wanted to arrive when Bitcoin was at three thousand, or at three hundred, or at a dollar, or at you know, you know, twenty cents, or or however much it was, um, you know, when they when they sold. Ten thousand Bitcoin for two pizzas. Those are the those are the entries where the phenomenal amounts of money are made. And again, remember, uh, we had a cryptocurrency. I want to say three four weeks ago, where we talked about seventy one percent of the people think they're going to become billionaires investing in crypto, and we pretty much said we do not believe that to be true. Um, but having said that, I do think right you know right now is a great time uh, to get into Bitcoin. Uh, just under twenty thousand dollars um at the time of of this recording uh I fully expect it to to surprise uh, the world in, in how high it will go and I think that that the money uh from the investment firms from the from the mining companies that are that are pouring their profits back into obtaining more machines are saying that there is a lot of belief and a lot of serious money. Um, being put into you know, into Bitcoin mining because uh, they know and, and believe that the that the value is there and that um, this is a good time to to get into it. So that's why the hash rate is going up. It is because the it doesn't matter what the price of Bitcoin is. Um, that doesn't affect the hash rate. The hash rate is affected by the number of machines competing for Bitcoin, and when more machines. Uh, come on the scenes, it, it, it's easier. Uh, the, uh, the, the hash that will mine a block is found faster. So the hash rate difficulty has to increase to, to keep that time down. And we've talked about this in the past. You can find um, whole episodes uh, that we've done on on Bitcoin mining and, and, and how it works and, and how the, the hash rate difficulty adjusts. So again, this is a leading indicator to me, at least in my mind, um, Bitcoin's here to stay. And there is value in the network, and that's why you're seeing the investment go in because it's a great time to get into it, get into Bitcoin. Now, will you become a billionaire? No. Um, could you become a millionaire? Yeah, if you invested enough, you could. Um, I, I think that's that's doable. Keyword being enough. Yeah, the key- keyword being enough. So,
0: so is this going to affect the price in the short term, or maybe in the or maybe only in the long term, or at all? I, I feel so, like I feel like people putting time and money into it would. Yes. Would affect the price. Would I would think it make it. Yeah. Go up. So
1: you know, talking about this is a little bit, um, a little bit esoteric. I think uh, because there is this concept of network effects. Um, I think we've talked. Well, I don't think I know we've talked about Metcalf's law in, in the past, and it is the that the value of a network is equal to some derivative number, uh, a derivative number times the square of the of the active uh, participants in the network and so as more and more uh, machines come online that that number that's squared um you know goes up exponentially and there's value being put into the system and somehow um, that eventually translates into a, a price for bitcoin now i'm not saying that that the number of participants on the network is the only thing that drives the price of Bitcoin, because there there are the individual investors and institutions who are also uh, buying the buying the, the coins as well. But there is a there is a correlation um, between the number of machines on the node and eventually what 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 the price of Bitcoin will be, as well as when you have people who have active wallets and are participating in the network. That also has, has an effect on Metcalf's law as well. And I, I can't do the math because I don't know how they come up with, with the derivative. And all the derivative is, is, is it's a small number that um, they're able to come up with that they then multiply times the square of the, of, the, of the you know active nodes on the network, and that has some correlation to price. And that's been proven um, quite effective. Um, in in measuring different networks, um, it is if, if you were going to to um, try to calculate the value of Facebook, you would use a derivative of Metcalf's law and uh, you know so social medias any any network, uh, it could be cell phone networks, it could be the internet itself. Um, these all tend to follow Metcalf's law and that is the more participants you have uh, actively participating, the more. Uh, exponential growth that you have in the value of that network, so that's my take on it. Um, that was probably a little bit too much of a rambling answer for most people. Um, most people just want me me to say yes, uh the price will go up. It's better for them to understand though it's better to have a have an understanding of why yeah and then there's and there's multiple factors My my favorite one being Metcalf's law. Uh, another one being that you know when when, when you put potential energy into uh, this network is which is what you're doing when when you when you burn all that electricity um that value needs to come back out at some point in time, and um it does in in the form of a higher price for bitcoin, which is what we all want, most of us most of us some people actually hate it well we we haters gonna hate yeah we've addressed a couple of people on this. Uh, podcast uh, who just hate cryptocurrencies for one reason or another. Well, they cannot stop
0: it. It's here. Alright. Um, let's go to our next story. So, India. We've been here before on this podcast. Not physically, but figuratively. So, the an uh, Indian commerce giant, Flipkart, and this Flipkart I believe is it's backed by Walmart. Yeah. Does that what does yeah, that mean? Good,
1: good uh good good catch on that. So Flipkart Backed um, by like owned, partially owned? I you know what that's a good question. I they're at least a major investment uh investor in it. I don't know if they if they bought it. I think they just bought into it. Um da-da-da. Yeah, they. Uh, I'm on Wikipedia for those of you who wonder what I'm doing over here. Uh, looks like on Fourth uh, of May, 2018, it was reported that Walmart had won a bidding war with Amazon to acquire a majority and majority stake in Flipkart for 15 billion dollars. Um, so let, let let's talk about Flipkart for for a minute. When I was uh, working on an MBA several uh, years ago, um, one of the the uh, stories that I came across, uh, in one of my, well, in my strategy class was, uh, some of the online, um, uh, companies that, that are operating out of, out of, out of India, because you're, it's basically tapping into a giant market. And how do you, how do you reach people who may not have a home computer and, uh, internet? And and one of the ways that, that they were able to to reach a, a large market is, is using cell phones. Um, very similar to what we've talked about, uh, where you see in third world countries, you know, people who might be literally uh, barefoot and walking down the street because they they don't have a car or any mode of transportation and talking on their or cell shoes. phone. Or shoes. Or, or, yeah, well, I said barefoot, but uh, that means no shoes, but... Um, I just thought it was important. Yeah, so so you I mean you'll see people in just these impoverished situations, but still having a cell phone, which is is amazing to me. And that's really how how you're reaching these um these underserved markets with with cellular services. And um, you know, a couple of of companies uh, started up where um you can make purchases and, and do things with the cell cell phones. And I don't know that that's how Flipkart exactly started, but they did get an exclusive deal with Motorola where they were going to to provide a store um to indians on on the Motorola phones. I don't remember what Is Motorola still around? Yeah, Mo- Motorola phones are still around. Uh yeah, Motorola uh, right here. Wikipedia again to the rescue. In February 2014, Flipkart partnered with Motorola Motorola Mobility to be the exclusive Indian retailer of its Moto G smartphone. And Motorola also partnered with Flipkart on a Moto E, a phone targeted primarily towards emerging markets such as India, and so uh, they 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 sold these phones. But then also on the phone, you you could make these on online purchases, and so they were kind of a cross between, um, you know, Amazon and and really uh, eBay. In fact, eBay came came in and and made an offer to to purchase part of them, and and that fell apart, and then or. Or I can't remember. Uh, we'd have to read through the Wikipedia article. I think they did purchase part of it, and then Walmart came in and, and got the majority stake, and then eBay pulled out or something like that. But yeah, to this day, um, Walmart is a uh, parent company to Flipkart. So, long story. What, what does it all mean? Well, they do you know somewhere in the neighborhood of five to six billion dollars in in revenue uh, a year, which is which is pretty decent. Um, but there. Underneath Walmart, they're getting into um, blockchain and uh, NFTs and the metaverse, and I think this is really interesting because I don't see Walmart in the United States taking this type of a of a uh, an entry into blockchain and um, NFTs in the metaverse. Even though I know that they they are well aware of blockchain in terms of. Uh, trying to apply it to the supply chain. Um, then they do have some things going on in the United States, unfortunately, not with VeChain uh, that I know of. Uh, they, I think they're doing something with uh, IBM's Hyperledger, which is you know a whole other discussion. But we know that, and you were just saying that we didn't talk about VeChain in, in the last cryptocurrency, but uh, we're going to bring it up now. We're we, bringing it up. We know that Walmart China is heavily uh, partnered with, with VeChain and using them um in their stores to authenticate uh food and and other products in particular foods that enter the supply chain um from bad sources that might have toxic things in them um if you want to buy something that you know is fresh and comes from the appropriate source and and has been um i guess vetted uh and inspected uh you could scan the QR code on the thing and see the whole history stored on the on the V chain blockchain. And so I think it's just interesting that Walmart's involved in another company over in, in India, um, getting ready to enter into the metaverse. So, uh, in Asia, um, you're seeing, you're seeing Walmart participate quite a bit in, in blockchain and, and, uh, uh these type of emerging technologies. So I, I think that the story is a big story. Um, if you were to go up to the average person and say, "Hey, Flipkart's into the metaverse," they would look at you like, "I what? I don't care. What does that even mean?" Um, if you walked up to someone and said, "Walmart's into the metaverse," like heavily uh, moving into the metaverse, that's a big deal. That, that that that's a big deal because in the U.S., Walmart is a is a huge. Well, aren't they retailer. Fortune
0: one? Like yeah. they have like two million employees.
1: Yeah, they're they're Fortune one. They don't. It's really funny because they have hundreds of billions of dollars in revenue, but very. Uh, their profits only their like profit's 5 like, billion yeah their profits really low approximately so it's like 1 or 2% they that's razor thin margins but regardless um you know for flipkart to get into into the metaverse it's it's a big name and and a big company and i think personally i think it's a i think it's a good move um the question is whether or not they'll be able to execute on it i still think there's there's going to be difficulty for companies really to f- to figure out how to uh, get into the metaverse um, we've talked about this in the past, and my opinion is still the same, that the metaverse grows organically and that you can't force the metaverse to happen. Um, I'm looking uh, at you, uh, Facebook, slash... Mark Zuckerberg. Meta, slash... Um, Mark, Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg is looking
0: at you and me at the same time he's got lizard eyes.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that that's a perfect example of trying to force the metaverse on people. It just It just won't happen. So whether or not flipkart will be successful i think is is the question the fact that a big company is super interested in this uh, is is the news uh not whether or not they will actually be successful because i think again um they you're going to have to have some sort of r- organic growth and trying to just push the metaverse down onto a bunch of cell phones in india isn't going to make it, it just isn't going to make it happen very
0: interesting stuff all right well let's skip over a continent and or I skip to another continent, Europe. Europe. France. My friends there right now actually. Um he's been sending us pictures of like the Eiffel Tower and stuff. Um so I
1: mean that's the only thing you can think of.
0: Yeah, no, he sent a picture of like Re- some Re- monarch. I think it might have been in the Palace of Versailles. I'm not 100% sure,
1: but um yeah, France France is a great country, you know, it gets picked on uh, a bit uh by Americans but uh I think France like we always joke that
0: the French surrender easily but I think like historically speaking they have like the highest record of victories like military
1: victories. Oh they, they well they were absolutely But they've a, been around for they were absolutely a force to be forever. reckoned with uh in, in Europe. Um you know they had some disadvantages. Uh Britain was on an island so I mean it's harder harder to get to. Uh you know when 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 populations became se- seafaring. I think Britain had a little bit of a, an advantage. Portugal and Spain certainly did, and and capitalized on it. That's why they were powerhouses for a while. Um, but but France, uh, it, it wasn't like they just like, oh, the Germans are here. Let's just throw down our weapons of surrender. I mean, it was just a it was just a, a tactical error. Uh, they were trying to fight, uh, World War One style, uh, for World War Two and had dug in on the marginal line and. The tanks went around them and came through. I don't know if they came through the swamps or the trees or just an area they didn't think they could get through, and kind of kind of outflanked them. And it was kind of a a pretty sad deal. But but France is is really impressive. Um, both in their in their recent pullback on dumping their on nuclear power, I think they've taken a, a really quick quick look at Germany again, and um, are seeing the trouble that Germany's in. And they're thinking like, hey, let's not repeat their mistake, and so they've they've uh, canceled uh, a lot of the um, drawdown of of their of their nuclear power, um, and and a very beautiful country, uh, a lot of history, and um, you know French people take a little bit of a rap. They say that they're not friendly, and that's that's absolutely not true at all. They may. Um, you know, it may be true that they want you to make an attempt to speak to them in their language and not walk up to them and just expect them to speak English to you, and that is a little bit presumptive if you think about it. But the French people that I've known um, are very warm and very friendly to to uh, you once once you get to know them, and when you show an appreciation for their country and for their culture, uh, they are they are very welcoming and um, um, are, are are great people. So France's third largest bank is uh, it, it obtained a registration as a digital asset service provider, and while I don't think the story is, you know, really uh, the, the the one story that that you could point to and say, ah, there it is, I knew it. Uh, the digital assets are here to stay. I, I just think it's just another domino um, that has fallen in a chain of of financial dominoes. A blockchain, yeah. a, a blockchain, of financial dominoes. There uh, you go. A blockchain of financial dominoes, of of bank after bank after bank. It seems like almost every cryptocurrency uh, that that we do, we mentioned some some bank that's investing in um, the the layer, the service side of it, and that's a little bit different than investing directly in Bitcoin or selling Bitcoin or investing in Ethereum or selling Ethereum or or even you know creating their own NFTs and selling those NFTs. What they're investing in is becoming a service provider. And if you think about that, if you're going to put in infrastructure to provide services, you must have done the analysis and come to the conclusion to believe that these services are going to be needed and that your clients are going to want these services and pay for them. And if that is true, if they've done their analysis, if they're, if they're not... Uh, you know, if they have done their due diligence and aren't just acting foolishly, which I don't think they are, then, then they have come to the conclusion that digital assets are here to stay and there's going to be an appetite for them. So let's not invest in the digital asset, but let's invest in the, you know, we're not investing in the truck. We're investing in the highway. We're not investing in the train. We're investing in the track and the bridge over the river. Um, we 're not investing in in the airplane we 're investing in, in the company that makes fuel to, to sell to the airplane, so all these service providers that 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 provide the 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 roads, the infrastructure all of that that 's what they 're investing in is that infrastructure to be to get capture that part of the market and whatever digital asset wins out um, they 'll be in a position to service their clients either through providing um, exchanges for people to buy products on. Uh, exchanges for them to go from fiat to crypto and crypto to fiat and then a custodial uh, um, services to where you don't want to keep them yourself because you're afraid of losing your keys and we happen to know uh, someone who did lose the keys to their to their wallet and it's quite sad because uh, they have uh, some v-chain that they can't access um, now again you take a risk when you give it to the bank because the government can come in and seize it at that point but but If you're an institution, and and you think about it from from an institution's point of view, like if you're Michael Saylor, Michael Saylor is not sitting on a pile of Bitcoin. Uh, Okay, actually, there's no such thing as a pile of Bitcoin. It's all digital uh, ones and zeros. But my point is, Michael Saylor is not sitting on a pile of Bitcoin. He doesn't have this big fat wallet that he uh, carries around on his his cell phone with 130,000 Bitcoin in it. He's got, I guarantee you, he's got a custodial service somewhere um, that is holding that Bitcoin... For him, whether he created the custodial service himself and 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 owns it, or he, he's using some other other third party, um, he's not. He doesn't have twelve uh, keywords written on a piece of paper and shoved in his wallet or or in, in a little safe at his house. He he's he's got this stuff professionally secured, and that's where. Um, this bank is headed. It's saying, hey, this is the type of infrastructure that we want to invest in because this uh, this cryptocurrency thing uh, is here to stay. And that's how, to me, you see uh, if the banks are moving into it, then there's a pretty good indication that it's it's not going anywhere because now they have an incentive to not lobby their governments to kill it. They have an incentive to lobby their governments to allow it to stay, but be regulated so that they can get their cut of the of the pie. Which, in a way, works out for us. It does. It's not ideal, but the idea that we're going to end the uh, bureaucracy in money overnight is foolish. Not going to happen. It's probably not going to happen ever. The best we can hope for is that Bitcoin will be regulated, but will be a stable currency because the government can't Infl- interfere they can't well they can interfere but they can't inflate. Well, they can't inflate yeah yeah they, they certainly can stop you trading your fiat dollars for uh cryptocurrency and come down hard on on uh any service that allows you to do that against their will so i mean there's you just can't escape the regulation what what we're hoping for is that we get a money that they can't destroy uh through their own ineptitude and massive printing uh schemes yeah for sure all right well all and interesting how, how long was that one spencer 25 minutes all right much better than the last one it was only 12 minutes so we we used we're not gonna give you any yeah, time we're not gonna back. give you any time back we we used
0: the time we gave back to you last time for this one for this so. one yeah it just rolled it forward. it equals out yeah it all it's a net we took neutral. it back from you um all right well with that being said stay cryptic